We're so honored and blessed tonight to have Brother Phillips to come and to minister to us. Appreciate this good evangelist. We're just thankful God allowed us to cross paths and amen. And uh, he makes his way uh, to come and to preach. He's, he's really done some running to get here tonight and short notice. And uh, But God's worked it out. And I believe God's going to help him. And we're going to help him, aren't we? Amen. Let's welcome Brother Phillips to this pulpit tonight. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. Love you, brother. Appreciate you. God bless you. Oh, clap your hands to Jesus. Clap him like you love him. Is there anybody here he ever worked a miracle for you? Would you praise him when you can clap? Don't just clap your hands, but do it the Bible way. Clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody praise him with a loud voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Amen. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. There is no telling what God will do. And I'll go a step further and say it's it's just eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither it has it entered into the heart of man. God wants to do something in here tonight that's so big that you can't even imagine it. And uh, I, I'm excited because I believe that when God's people have faith, he starts doing that kind of stuff. And you start seeing the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, for he said it would follow them that believe. I believe tonight. How about you? And if you have your Bibles, let's go to the word of the Lord. Book of Psalms, chapter 119, one verse of Scripture, verse 89. It's a very familiar text. Um, while you're turning there, let me say what an honor it is to be here tonight. I love and appreciate Brother Moore. And uh, I'll be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of people. That yesterday I was in Indianapolis, and uh, there's not a whole lot of people, Brother Moore, I would have said yes to. You know, this is my friend. And I always enjoy my time here in Bendale. And uh, I'm not saying that uh, because of me. I'm saying that because of you, such wonderful people. And I love and appreciate very much. And I always look forward to being here. Give honor tonight to Brother Moore. I love him very much, appreciate him, his steadfastness. And um, I appreciate, you know, it's not everywhere you go you got people that are excited about being in church. One thing you're never going to guess for about Brother Moore, he's always excited about being in the I like that. Amen. I don't I don't want to go to church somewhere where somebody's acting like they've been sucking on a lemon all day, man. I don't go somewhere where we're happy to be here. Amen. Amen. And again, I'm so happy to have my father with me. He's my hero, and I love him very much, and I appreciate him. Psalms chapter 119, verse 89, the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever thy word is settled in heaven. I'm going to teach you a Latin term tonight, and it's not going to make much sense for a little while, but hopefully by the end of the night, you're going to go home saying it. You're going to be saying it to your cat, your dog. You're going to be telling everybody. Amen. But the, the term is stare decisis. It's hard to say, ain't it? Look at somebody and say it. Stare decisis. Elbow them a little bit and say it again. Stary decisis. And I know you're thinking, what in the world does it mean, right? I mean, that's kind of 
You got me saying that you don't know if you cussing or <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know better than that. But we're we're gonna learn what it means tonight, and the help of the Lord is gonna help us. But that's what we're gonna preach. Stary decisis. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven and ask the Lord to move in this house? God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory, give you honor, give you thanks. There's nobody like you. Jesus, you are perfect in all of your ways. You never fail. You never make a mistake, but you do all things well. We thank you, God, for coming into this house tonight and helping us, God, as we worship you, as we magnify you, we pray, God, right now that you would step into this house and work a miracle on our behalf. Let somebody leave here tonight with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let somebody leave here tonight with a miracle. In Jesus' name, we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Oh, let's do it the Bible way again. Let's just clap our hands and lift our voice with a shout. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord tonight. If Unless you have had your head in a hole for the last couple of years, I think it's very easy to look at our world and recognize that our world is in a state of confusion. I, I, I think that Terms like mass chaos would, would properly apply to what our world looks like today. Our world is in a state of confusion about so many different things. Religion's one of the things that our world is confused about. And, and we, we live in a world that now it is a, a system, a belief system that says, I'll honor what you believe and you honor what I believe because after all, we're just trying to get to the same place. And, and, and so the problem with that is, is the Bible tells us differently than that. And so the world is confused because it has walked away from the word of God. I would take it a step farther and say that this world we live in is confused about rights. And there are people on every corner in every major city across the United States of America that right now, somewhere in that city, they have a sign picketing, walking around, protesting for some sort of right. And so it could be said that our world is very confused about rights. I, God, help us, thank God, uh, that it's a little bit different than uh, then the northern area and the west coast, we'll put it like that. But we, we live in a world that is confused about gender. Help them, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. I fly out Tuesday to go to California. Y'all just pray for me. But I, I, I'm telling you, I, I've walked down the streets of San Francisco and, and played the guessing game, what is it? You don't know nowadays. We live in a world that is confused about what, what is male, what is female, what the a, a B C D L M N O P community that, that doesn't know what's what. They're just they're they're here and they're trying to figure it out. And so because of all of that, they cause those around them to be confused because now we don't know how to treat them. Oh, I get, I'm, thank God I'm still in the South. Help me, somebody. Come on. 
Uh, and so, so it, it's it's very it's very evident that this world is confused, and because of this confusion, there might be even some in the church world that is confused, and and they would question God for God's ability. To, for a lack of a better term, to make the world go round. We see men and women committing the same acts that they did in the days of Noah, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it would seem to someone whose faith is just a little bit dim that God is sitting over in the heavenly realm somewhere, twiddling his fingers and not doing anything about it. And it would seem as if God is not paying attention to what is going on in our world. And uh, there would be some tonight that would ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? And knowing this, we could go as far as to say that some of us have, uh, have came to the conclusion that maybe God's not listening, Sister Moore, and, and our prayer's just not getting out of the room where we kneel to pray as the song says but we must remember tonight on a Wednesday night that our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts and while we might be confused and wondering why God would allow the things that are happening to happen and to come into our lives and why God has not responded to our situation just yet we must remember that while we are confused and our world is confused. Our society is confused. That God is not confused. I've come to preach to you tonight that you might not have a plan. Congress might not have a plan. Your neighbor might not have a plan. But friend of God, God has a plan. And it is forever settled in heaven. God's not questioning what to do next. You haven't caught God on a bad day. God didn't get up this morning and scratch his head and try to figure out what he was going to do. God from the very moment that time began knew what was going to happen in 2021 God is not confused hallelujah hallelujah and, and, and so we, we come to the point tonight to where we begin to explain a little bit of what I was talking about here just a few moments ago. The doctrine of stare decisis or president law has its beginning in 12th century England when King Henry II established a unified system of deciding court matters. And it basically went like this. If you went to the court system and you did not get the answer that you wanted, you could go to another court system and ask the same question. And if you didn't get what you wanted there, you could just keep hopping around until you got the answer that you wanted. And so the doctrine of stare decisis was put into place. And this doctrine rules the principal law. And it basically states this by uh, a shorter standard. It means to stand by things that have already been decided. And so when you walked into a courtroom and someone had brought you before the court two or three different times and they did not get the answer that they wanted in the 13th century it was finally put into place that when you have came to the law system so many times and got the answer that the, oppose, that the opposition did not want they kept bringing you before the law that you could then stand up and declare stare decisis basically saying I stand by 
what has already been decided. David, the most talented man to ever pick up a pen, wrapped it up tight and put a pretty bow on it when he said, Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. David was putting into practice the common law that would come together later in years, and he was basically saying, Stary decisis, I stand by what has already been decided. David said, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what the enemy's going to bring against me, but this one thing I know, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And it doesn't matter what the king does. It doesn't matter. Oh, help me, Jesus. It doesn't matter what my neighbor thinks. It doesn't matter what society thinks. I stand by what's already been decided. David said, deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such breathe out cruelty David would go on to say in Psalms chapter 27 I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living David said wicked men pursued me on every side they tried to take me out they tried to put me beneath their feet but I stood up I had fainted I should have fallen down on my face I should have backed out and quit I should have threw in the towel I had fainted except there was this one thing that kept me from quitting I stood on the promise of God that said I would live in the land of the living and when I get my God when I get a promise from the Lord it doesn't matter what my enemy says it doesn't matter what demon in hell can throw whatever he wants to throw my way I stand by what's already been decided hallelujah you ought to shake somebody a little bit now and tell them stare decisis. Now that you know what it means, you need to go home tonight and look the devil in the eye and declare stare decisis. I know you said my family was going to backslide, but I stand on what's already been decided. I know you said my marriage was going to fall apart, but devil, I stand on what's already been decided. I know you said that the doctor was going to come in and say there was nothing else he could do but I stand on what's already been decided hey devil you cuss you rant you rave you do what you want to do at the end of the day his word is forever settled and I'm standing on the word on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking stand I'm standing on something in the big I know that the world thinks uh, that we just come up with this stuff but let me tell you something baby uh, in the beginning uh, was the word uh, and the word was with God uh, and the word was God uh, the same was in the beginning with God uh, all things were made by him uh, and without him uh, was nothing made that was made uh, in him was life uh, and the life was the light of I know you said I was going to die uh, but devil I'm standing uh, on what it's already been decided. Oh. 
Before time ever began, the word was settled. Before time, before he ever said, let there be light, 2021 was already settled. Oh, I feel like preaching on a Wednesday night. Before time ever began, your situation was already figured out. Before the problem ever started, God said, I already had the answer. Before the trouble ever got there, I already had you a testimony laid out. All I need you to do is stand by what's already been decided. I feel the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night because somebody, the devil's been lying to you, uh, telling you that everything's going to fall around you. Uh, Well, you know what, devil? I I don't care what falls around me. Uh, One thing that's never going to fail, I'm standing on the word of God uh, and it's forever settled. Uh, I'm not going to back up. Uh, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break because I got something uh, that's greater than my problem. That's greater than my problem. That's greater than my situation. I've got the word of God on my side. And it's forever settled. I think the issue with this is we've learned how to take this and try to turn it into a, well, I'm never going to have a battle moment (laughs) the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that in these things you are more than conquerors and and we like to run the aisles and shout about that but the problem is is most of the time we usually mean that we think that means that that means I don't have battles you see in order to be a conqueror you have to have something to conquer Oh, I'm going to preach now to somebody that came to church and you've been trying to tiptoe to the, through the tulips uh, and just expect God to show up and work your miracle out for you. No, you've got to get the revelation uh, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will not fear. Why, David? Because uh, before I ever got to this valley, uh, Samuel showed up and anointed my head to be king. Uh, so I walk through the valley uh, and it doesn't matter what comes my way because I know there's an anointing on my life that says this valley hear me saying of God this valley can't kill me I'm standing on what's already been decided this test can't kill me I've got a promise on my life that's why Micah would write in Micah chapter 7 and verse 8 rejoice not against me Oh, mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. You know what shall means? Shall is a word of surety. Shall is a word of dominion. Shall means a matter of factly. 
shall is you get an attitude with the devil and say stare decisis I, I got knocked on my back I, I got my face put in the mud but devil if you think this is where it's over baby you got a bad awakening to coming because when I get up I'm getting up with power because I've got the living word on the inside of me and I'm standing on what's already been decided Book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. I, I'm, the, the announcements are over. I preach now. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. The Bible tells us that the Philistines have heard that David has been anointed. And he's not just anointed, but now he's anointed king over Israel. You see, the devil don't mind as long as you walk around with a little anointing. But you see, there's this deal about learning how to operate in the anointing that God has given you. Your anointing will always make room for more anointing. And so when you get anointed to be king, but you're not king yet, but you just know how to walk in the anointing that God has given you, it won't be long till people start noticing the anointing that you've got. That's one thing you can't hide is anointing. I, I, I don't care how hard you try. You say, well, that, that's reserved for the preacher. Have you lost your mind? That's not just for me. That's not for Brother Moore. That's not, that's not for the preachers. Uh, that, that's for you. Because the anointing can destroy the yoke. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me preach. The anointing can destroy the yoke that's on your family, uh, that's on your mind, that's on your money. That... So you, you got to walk in that anointing because God has a greater anointing for you to walk in. Don't you sit down with your anointing uh, and say, this, is, this isn't really a whole lot. Uh, I can't do anything with this. The devil is a liar. Get up and stand on the word of God. March into the devil's territory and let him know I'm here because the anointing of God is greater than my situation. And, and, and so that there's, there's this whole deal. There's a problem here. And it's all because and we, we miss it all the time when we read scriptures like this. The Philistines are here, but they're not here just because they're mad. They're always mad. But they're here because they heard that David was anointed. And when they heard about it, the Bible says that they went down to the hold. Everybody shout the hold. Oh, you didn't shout it. Shout it like you mean it. The hold. And then the Bible says that the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rapha. Now, this, this place, the hold, it's the Old Testament vernacular of the New Testament, strong hold. And so it could be said that they came down to a place called the stronghold. And this is the place where David comes and, and the stronghold, this place called the hold, is a very, it's a very powerful place. It's a place where big battles are won. It, it, it's the place where you pray big prayers. Not I, now I lay me down to sleep. No, you start praying stuff that shakes up the whole community of Bendale at places called the hold. And, and so he comes down to the hold, and this is important. I want you to get this. The hold is so powerful because it's a place where neither side is willing to give. The enemy has set up a camp. God's people have set up a camp. And now they are at a place where neither one's backing up. Anybody ever been there? Oh, I guess I'm by myself tonight. 
I don't know how it is in Bendale, but in J.S. Mississippi where I live, I face devils that don't like to back up. I, I, I don't know how it is in Bendale, but I know in JS, I, I'll come against some things sometimes uh, that it doesn't matter how hard I push uh, and how hard I pray, they seemingly do not give. And it seems as if, I, I, know, I don't know how it is for you, but again, I, I've been where Daniel was, where Daniel prayed and nothing happened. I've been where Daniel was, uh, and there was warring in the heavens, and, and I, I, I think I got him because there was sometimes, uh, it was a lot longer than 21 days that I prayed and still didn't get the answer. And so this is important when you get to this place because it's a place where most people give up. It's a place where most people backslide. It's a place where a lot of people stop praying for their family. They stop praying for their spouse. They start praying for their, for their finance because, man, I've been broke so long, I, I, I just might as well give up. I've been sick so long, I might as well give up. My family's been backslid for so long. I might as well give up praying the prayer. They've anointed David. The Philistines have set up a hold. And then there, there's this scripture. When you, when you look at it at verse 17 and verse 18, this is a very depressing portion of scripture. But verse 19, oh, thank God for verse 19. It says, and David inquired of the Lord. He's at a place where nothing's happening, and David does what he always does. He just keeps asking God. You see, there, there's, there's something to be said about persistence. There, there's power in persistence. You can get... You can even get stuff you don't need if you're persistent enough. That's how powerful persistence is. And, and so he goes to the Lord and he inquires of the Lord and he says, God, what do I do? The enemy will not back up. The enemy will not give in. The enemy will not give us any ground. What do I do? Shall I go up to the Philistines? And God speaks, it's one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible, and God speaks to David, and he said unto David, go up, for I will doubtless, 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 hear me, I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. I've come to tell somebody today, uh, you've been praying, uh, you've been asking, uh, you've been seeking, and I came with a word from God, uh, I will doubtless doubtless without a doubt I will doubtless uh, deliver the Philistines uh, into thine hand see this this place that David's in it's really powerful because I read to you the Bible says it was the valley of Rapha and the valley of Rapha is translated as the valley of giants. David I know that Goliath's not standing there but I want you to understand something. Uh, you've been here before Help me, Jesus. You've done walk this road before. And I know it's not a, gi a giant called Goliath uh, that's standing in your way. Uh, but you're facing a giant that will not move. But David, can I tell you uh, that if I move Goliath, uh, then I can move this too. Uh, if I move your giant out of the way, uh, I can move this giant out of the way. Uh, I know the devil's not wanting to move, uh, but neither did Goliath want to move. Uh, but with just a sling and a stone, I, I moved them out of the way. I, and if I did it before, oh, I 
I've come to preach to somebody tonight on a Wednesday night. Sister Moore, if he ever did it before, he can do it again. If he ever made a way in the valley of the giants, he can make a he can make a way again. I've come to preach to somebody. You just got to stand on what's already been decided. You're going to have doubtless deliverance. Just let me give you a word from God. You're going to have doubtless revival. You're going to have doubtless breakthrough. You're going to have doubtless miracles. 2021 is going to be the year of doubtless deliverance. 2020, I'm sorry, 2022, it's going to be the year that God steps in and says, without a doubt, I'll make a way in the wilderness. I'll make a way where there is no way. It doesn't matter what child is in your way. I'm the God of doubtless deliverance. Come on, somebody ought to just throw your hands in the air right now and talk in tongues. But I, I, I wish right now, I've got more to preach, but I wish right now you'd just start declaring stare decisis over your situation. I wish, I wish a mama right now with some backslidden babies would step out in the aisle and throw her hands up in the air and declare, I stand by what's already been decided. I wish a daddy right now that they called you last week and said, this might be your last week on the job. And the devil said you were going to lose everything. I wish you'd Step out right now and declare stare decisis. I stand by what's already been decided. As the colonists came to America, they brought with them the common law system of stare decisis. But there's another portion, the principle over the, over the centuries, the principle of stare decisis has now been known as binding, you can't make this kind of stuff up, binding authority. So what does that mean? It means not only does that, does that tell me that I can look the devil in the eye and say, I stand by what's already decided. It, it's the principle of binding authority. For I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, 
and, and here's stereotypes right here and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so we're going to stand on what's already been decided but he goes a little bit farther and here's where you see binding authority comes in because he then says and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven I've come to tell somebody this power that you have it's not just so you can declare the word of God but it's so you can put the devil in handcuffs and say I'm tired of you messing in my family I'm I'm tired of you messing in my finance devil you're a liar and not only am I going to stand on the word of God but I'm going to bind you from my home and my family and my future And, and, and so in, in the court, there's, there's usually a reason why people are fighting over stuff. There's some kind, oh, help me, Jesus. There, there, there's some kind of asset that they're always fighting over. And so the principle of stare decisis doesn't just mean that I get to stand on the word of God. And it doesn't just mean, God, I could preach this all night, but I don't have time. It doesn't just mean that I can bind the devil. But the Bible tells us in the book of Mark that no man entereth into a man's a strong man's house and spoils it lest he first bind the man of the house. And that's where we stop. Nobody preaches the rest of the verse. Because we get so hung up on this binding business. But do you know the whole purpose behind binding? Because then it says, and then he spoils his house. You see, the, the whole purpose behind God giving you the power to bind the devil isn't really about so that you can walk around with your nose up in the air and say, oh, I bound him, or I did this, or I did that. The whole purpose behind it is there's some spoil of war out there that God says there's families uh, that you've been fighting for that you haven't had yet, and I want to give them to you. And so I want you to put in... I want you to put into action the, the doctrine of stare decisis. I, I want you to stand on the word of God. I want you to bind the devil. But when you get done binding the devil, baby, kick the door into his house and walk in and take back everything that he stole and take it back with interest. I'm telling somebody tonight, you need to walk out of this church and declare stare decisis and take back your family Take back your finance. Take back your joy. Take back your peace. Take back your blessing. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I'm just going to tell somebody that's been fighting the spirit of depression that you need to declare stare decisis because when you do, it's the will of God for you to have joy. So how do you know that? Because my Bible says it. Though weeping may endure for a night. 
joy cometh in the morning time. I've come to tell somebody tonight, you need to go back to that place. I'm going to take this a step further. I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody here, maybe you've been popping those pills trying to find joy, and you've been trying to get into all these antidepressants trying to find joy. Can I tell you, you don't need another pill. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to declare stare decisis over your life and let the, I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be oppressed for the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can I preach to somebody that's been facing a spirit of fear and torment? Can I tell you what Isaiah said? Isaiah said, you need to declare the doctrine of stare decisis and you'll have peace. For he said, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You see, the reason you're so afraid is because you've got your trust in the wrong places. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't put your trust in me because I, I try to be a good man, but there's going to be some time I'm going to let you down. No, don't, don't put your trust in the government. Don't, don't put your trust in man, but put your trust in Jesus because when you keep your mind stayed on him, when you keep your mind, I got a testimony that he will keep them in perfect peace, that in the middle of the night when torment walks in the room and the devil says, I'm going to strip you down and take you down, to nothing I can declare stare decisis I got my mind on Jesus devil you got to go I'll get my peace I already know see there, there, there's some stuff you have to wonder about but there's a lot of stuff you ain't got to wonder about because he done told you and all you got to do is just begin to declare stare decisis you know what I believe I believe it's the will of God for this church to be one of the most blessed churches in this area. I got seven people that believe me. The rest of y'all are sitting there. Oh, well, the, 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 preacher, you don't understand. My, my family's been in poverty, and I'm in poverty. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he'll make you the lender and not the borrower. He said, I'll bless you coming in and I'll bless you going out. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the store. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy basket. Blessed shall be the kind of thy field. Blessed is your, you're going to have a blessed storehouse. Everywhere you go, you're going to be blessed. If thou will hearken unto the Lord thy God. You know what you need to do? You just need to declare stare decisis and get your checkbook out and start prophesying blessings because I would that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Stare decisis. You need to prophesy to that bank and account. Say, so, well, preacher, you're, you're, you're one of those kind of preachers that all you're going to preach about is, is, is blessings. Well, I'm going to tell you why I preach about it. Because the Bible talks about it. And I'm a Bible preacher. And my Bible says that it can happen if I stand on the Word of God. 
We get in. Can, can I preach about five more minutes? Can I have five more minutes? We get in strongholds. Believe me, I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's, I'm not just preaching this because it sounds good. I'm preaching it because I've lived it. We get in strongholds and our faith begins to get a little dim. But you got to remember what the Word says. Because the Word is forever settled in heaven, Brother Moore. And the Word says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Can I tell you that there is nothing any more mighty? Now, now, when you got the Holy Ghost, I'm not just saying this because there's a doctrine out there that's name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. That's not what I'm preaching. But I am here to tell you that when you got the Holy Ghost, scriptures are invoked like life and death are in the power of your tongue. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we, you, you know what our problem is? We, we wrestle with a spirit within ourselves that says, you really going to believe God for that? I, 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 I'm, oh, help me, Jesus. I wonder how many miracles we've missed because of our doubt and unbelief. many times at Bendale, God said, I'm going to give you a 50-soul revival. And some, some snooty saint of God sat back there and said, yeah, well, we've heard that before. But the weapons of our warfare, Brother Moore, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And I'm telling you what I'm doing right now. I'm taking out a Holy Ghost battering ram, and I'm trying to break down that mindset that says it'll always be this way, and it's going to walk. No, 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 no. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, pulling down strongholds, uh, casting down imagination, uh, and every high thing uh, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, uh, and bringing into captivity uh, every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm telling you, you got the power on the inside of you to stand by what's already been decided. I'm standing on the word of God and the word says I'll be healed. The word says... You know why Brother Moore was walking in the Holy Ghost? I don't know the brother's name, but he said, I'm believing he's going to be here on Sunday. You want to know why he was doing that? He, he didn't even know it, but he was walking in the Holy Ghost like he, my God, he was just giving me confirmation. Because he was declaring stare decisis. I stand by what's already been decided. Well, preacher, I don't, I don't really know about that. Well, well, then why do you read your Bible in, in the book of Peter where it says, by his stripes ye were healed? That sounds to me, brother, more like something that's already been decided. You know why we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Because it's already been decided. And the blood that was shed on Calvary, the stripes that were upon his back were for our healing. That's why I can pray in his name. Not because I've got any power, but because what's living inside of me said way back before time ever began, I made a decision. I set the world in order. And it's already been decided. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get out of the way and we're going to have Holy Ghost Church. Somebody's going to get breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. You know how I know we're going to have revival in Bendale? Because he said, not me, not me, he said, 
I would that all would come to repentance. That, that, that's not my words. I, and, and if I said it, you could argue with it, but I'm telling you something that's already been decided. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O oh Lord. That David was writing with the, with the wisdom of ages and was saying, for, I, I don't really get this. I, I wonder if sometimes David even understood what he was saying when he was saying it. And he would sit down and maybe scratch his head and say, this really don't make any sense. But forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's already decided. From the beginning of the world. The, the Bible talks about it in Peter and in Revelation. He says, behold, the lamb slain before, before you ever sinned. That, hear me today. That's why it's the will of God for your family to be saved. Because before they ever sinned, before the mistake ever made, before they ever walked away from God, before the world was even framed, behold the, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He said, before I ever speak light into existence, before I ever form the world, before I ever split the land and the sea and separate the day from the night, let's get one thing straight, that there's a lamb that was slain, and that lamb was slain... Hey, you didn't catch God by surprise, Adam. Uh, and we, we, I, I know I've heard preachers preach it, but it's a false doctrine that God went into plan B. Baby, God don't have plan B. It's just the plan. He already had it decided. Behold the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He was saying in Pendale, Mississippi, I'm going to have a church and they're going to have revival before I ever say let there be light. Before I ever create an earth, I will set in order a revival and that revival will be for whomsoever will no matter the age, no matter the ethnic group, no matter who their mama is or daddy is. I've got a revival and and it's already been decided. Musicians come. If y'all don't, I'm going to preach all night. But it's, I don't know how. I don't know how. Look, I know I got, I got trials too. I got tribulations too. But I started going through them a lot different here about 15 years ago. When I finally figured it out, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to try that over here. I got the Holy Ghost. What else do I need? Well, well, the Holy Ghost don't fix all your problems, no, but the Holy Ghost will give you the power to walk through your problem. The Holy, the Holy Ghost don't, don't make it all go away, but it's a power. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in me that gives me the power to stand. It, that God in me is agreeing with the word that has already been decided thousands of years ago. I got a reason to shout. I got a reason to dance. I got a reason to rejoice because I know I'm going to have victory. It's already been decided. Can I have one more? One more. Y'all hungry? I, look, there ain't nothing open in Bendale, so you, you out of luck anyway. 
They got them new crock pots and they got a warming mode so you can put it on and, and it'll stay warm till you get home. So it doesn't matter if I preach another hour. Then the boo-boo. But but there's this deal that we see when the children of Israel come to a wall, the walls of Jericho, and God speaks to them. It's prophetic, they don't even know it. But he speaks to them and he says, You take a trumpet. He says, but you don't just take any trumpet. You take the ram's horn. And with the sound of a ram's horn. And you can go back to Leviticus and you can go back. I don't have time to preach that. But just trust me on this. Go home and study it. Try to prove me wrong. I dare you. But, but when you go back to Leviticus, you'll find that different trumpets had different meanings. And, and you can read through Leviticus and Exodus and Numbers and you'll find that even different blasts had different meanings. And so if there was two trumpets and they were blown at the same time, that means that the whole congregation was to come. And if one trumpet, that just meant that, that the heads of the congregation were to come, that, that the leaders were to come. And, and a blast in the morning meant that we're going to get up and we're going to follow the cloud. And a blast in the evening meant it's time for us to stop moving. And so these trumpets were a signaling system. Israel knew Every time that it, it, it was like you being at work and you knew when that alarm goes off that it's time to do this or it's time to go here. Or it, it, it was a way of life for them. And God speaks to Joshua and says, you take the ram's horn. And when you get done, you give a blast on the ram's horn. You see, the ram's horn was never used to declare war, only to declare victory. Uh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> A ram's horn in that day and hour was never used at the beginning of the battle. But Sister Moore, the ram's horn was used at the end of the battle. And so when God takes them to a wall called Jericho, he said, when you walk up to this wall, you don't blow the, war, the horn that decides it's time for war. You blow the horn that says it's time for victory. You know what he was telling Joshua? You just stand on what's already been decided. You, you don't have to fight about it. You don't have to worry about it. You just walk in and blow your trumpet and give a shout. And when you do, you'll be standing on what's already been decided. I wish somebody right now would tear out of their pew and get out in the aisle and lift your voice like a trumpet and shout and let the devil know this is not a shout of war. This is a shout of victory. This is a shout that says I will overcome. This is a shout that says I stand by what's already been decided. I wish somebody would shout for revival right now. I wish somebody would shout for a blessing. I wish somebody would shout for a breakthrough. I wish somebody would shout for a new church building. I wish Lift your voice and shout! Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of y'all are doing some of that cute Patty Pentecostal business, but I'm telling you, when you stand on what's already been decided, you don't need a musician to get you to a place where you can shout. But there's something inside of you that walks up to the front and says, it don't matter what they sing. It don't matter what they don't sing. I got a reason to it. Well, I don't like the beat of the drum. I don't like that song. Well, you must have lost your mind, baby, because I'm telling you, this victory I got, it don't matter what they sing, what they don't sing. I got a reason to rejoice. Yeah. 
Somebody give God a shout of praise like you know it's already been decided. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet, shout. 
be
have you got enough victory? Do you have enough victory? Come on, is that all you want? I said, is that all you want? He's got more than you need. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can't stop praising his name. There's something about the name. Jesus. Come on, come on, church. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name. Speak the name. I'm glad it's already decided. I'm glad I'm on the side that's already decided. This church is going up, honey. This church is going to be victorious. We got an inheritance waiting in the clouds. That's already decided. And nothing can keep us from attainment and receiving. Thank God for the word tonight. Anybody get fed in the house tonight? Well, ain't this a good midweek service? This is a way to get fed. This is a good way to get drunk. This is a good way, amen, right in the middle of the week. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, thank you, Brother Phillips. God bless your heart. I know you wore out, but God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Love him tonight. Appreciate him making the decision. Come be with us so quickly. So, you know, just a, kind of a... You know, a moment's deal, and, and I just felt to do it, and praise God, and he responded, and you know what? God's been here. God's answered some prayers. God's ministered some lives. Anybody got the victory? Well, you don't let the devil take it tomorrow either. He sticks his head up. You make sure you put your foot on him and shove him right back down. It's already decided, devil. You're lying. You're nothing but a lie and the father of all lies. We got the victory, and we're going to hold on to it. The journey's already been decided. <laughs> amen, amen. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Let's don't forget Sunday, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. Amen. And hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Let me say again to Sister Mallory, Sister Brooke, what an awesome job. And those that helped them. Amen. What a, what a beautiful program Sunday night. Praise God. What a message. It was delivered. I'm praying and hoping some that was here would, would never be the same. Amen. That their lives and hearts wouldn't, they couldn't get away from it. I had a couple even make mention of it um, and the fellowship all later. So, you know, who knows? Amen. Maybe it's rehearsing over and over. Amen. What was said, what was done. And it would just turn them around and help them realize, I need a Savior. I need a Savior. The greatest gift that's ever been given. And the reason of the season is Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're just blessed. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. I'm just going to let you be dismissed. The fear of the Lord. Love you. Appreciate you. One o'clock Sunday, 1230 prayer time, one o'clock service time. Come expect a great move of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. So good to have Elder Phillips with us tonight. Love him tonight. Appreciate him. God bless him. <laughs>